Hello, everyone. Welcome to Game Junk Prototype Episode 70, recording on Friday, July 23rd, 2021. My name is Frank. It is Friday, and my name is Sean. It's definitely Friday. My name is Andrew. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about all the amazing news from EA Live, EA Play Live, pardon me, 2021, which happened yesterday. We were all excited because we got something to talk about. Something's dropping on a Thursday. All the press conferences <laughs> or whatever streams you want to call them are always on Thursday now, just lining up with Game Junk. And there, there was two people sick yesterday. EA <laughs> looked like they had some uh, <laughs> diarrhea. <laughs> and, uh, Hawk wasn't feeling too good either. So we've postponed until today. Yes, we did. And we didn't get any new news stories to talk about. So it's just EA. Yeah, which is fine. I, we gave our grades, our letter grades, and evaluated every other streaming piece of shit we've seen this year so this is no exception <laughs> so let's get into it um so i did, i'm not going to talk about the pre-show most of the stuff was covered in both there was like a, a little preamble so let's get into the first thing legit questioned my life basically i had no idea ea bought codemasters Oh no! Yeah, that, I thought I must. I missed this completely. Okay. I think it happened in like February oh, yeah. or something, based on the news articles I saw. Like, yeah, I think it happened a while ago. It definitely wasn't pushing the red line of my needle, even hearing it this f- much later. <laughs> but uh, they showed. Well, they said just showed games that Codemasters does racing games, and as they were going through the list, I'm like, still don't care. And then they showed off. Uh, is it Grid Two? Is that the actual title? grid legends yeah. i think that's how yeah. interested i was when i made my note and i feel bad because i always think ea gets a, a bad rap like they're the evil company and nintendo's like the darlings even though they're the same company as far as i'm concerned um <laughs> but grid legends looked like absolute garbage i guess all these like f like they have actors doing a story that are like so obvious that it's bad video game acting. They led off with this. Let's start with that. This was the lead off of the whole thing. And to be fair, I was uh, jumping on Microsoft's Bethesda circle jerk. And I mean, I didn't even know about the Codemasters announcement. So maybe they should have had their own uh, marketing branding discussion for EA and Codemasters because <laughs> I didn't even know about it. But what do you guys think agreed to? We all agree this is a steamer right <laughs> i mean no real interest from me I, like the, i i guess the story campaign thing is kind of interesting like are there i can't think of too many other racing games that have a really cinematic story mode uh now i thought they did one in f1 2021 like the one that just came out did they i thought they tried to do something like this yeah i could be wrong but i could have sworn i tried I think F one the F one game was on Game Pass. I thought I tried it and I thought it had a cinematic mode, like where they were trying to tell a story. Uh I could be wrong, but I because I, I it that, did That's an EA one as well, right? Well I think now it is. I think F one is Codemasters. Oh really? 
Yes, it is. Oh, well, I guess that would make sense. But yeah, I mean, I, I was just going to say, like, for a while there, it felt like EA was trying to do that with all their franchises. And I, I, they, I mean, they still kind of are, but they seemed like they backed off on it a bit. I just think the full motion video stuff, or as much as every career mode, you know what? I take it back. It might actually be better. I'm, I was thinking I'd rather have just model like 3D models that do the story, but those are really bad too, especially in the NBA 2K stuff. So you know what? I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. At least this is different than these like generic decision or dialogues that you do with coaches and stuff like that that are the worst. So I would say the Madden one I tried was better than most, and I'm assuming FIFA is of the same level, but yeah. So when this was the first announcement, I was uh, deeply concerned. The only Codemasters game I'm interested in is Micro Machines. So there we give go. me a Micro Machines sequel. I might be interested. Hey, maybe DLC like the Forza yeah, Hot true. Wheels. Could, could happen. I, I, I agree. It was an awkward start, especially since they had like that sizzle reel of cars. Like, I mean, you can only show cars so much before you know that it's cars uh and they didn't really show anything new like i don't even know what grid is really is grid sort of like their uh forza horizon answer where it's like kind of just like a bunch of different race modes with different i think it's i guess they're more arcadey street racer i really haven't played it but if i had to guess from what i saw and what i know it's maybe like a slightly more arcadey even though that game was already arcade project gotham racing is the vibes i get but maybe in between midnight club and project gotham racing or something like that okay yeah i, I am reading something on the original grid on their website saying you get to like pick your own path so maybe that means it's more of like a quote-unquote like open race open world racetrack where you can kind of like take different streets and try to get to an endpoint the same way but yeah this did seem such a weird start uh because yeah like how much how much what's the word how much juice in the orange what do you always say <laughs> not much squeeze. Not a lot of meat on not that bone to, yeah. yeah not not much juice to squeeze out of this orange here for for car racing and then uh did they even the show any racing i don't think so it's like from this like, game in particular or gameplay I, I don't think so right it was all like sizzle reel stuff too. Like none of it was like in cockpit or whatever you want to call it, under the hood or behind the wheel, I guess would be. Well, that's the theme so. of this press conference where it was like all sizzle reel stuff, all pre-rendered things, yeah. zero gameplay. It feels like EA has a completely different strategy in terms, I would think, of their target market. Like they're probably, out of all the major companies, I bet they're maybe the most like casual like not super casual but in between like the hardcore gamers like the people who play sports games and maybe that's it and uh battlefield and i i think they're just appealing to like kind of general audiences with a lot of the stuff i mean the thing i was thinking the whole time is that like when you think about ea as a whole it's not like like some companies like you know nintendo people are really into nintendo they'll watch that whole press conference and be interested in everything that's there ea it feels like everybody's gonna have one thing they care about at this press conference and they don't care about anything else like that's it 
Not so fast, although there would be one I care about. It's not necessarily what I that I cared about what they sh- showed today. All right, next. I don't. Even, this one was really strange to me. Apex Legends Emergence. Like the whole time I'm watching it, the vibe I'm getting because they rebranded it. They're not calling it a season unless they've given every season a name. I'm like, oh, they're doing a a story version of Apex Legends. That's what I thought the whole time. And then they started talking about it's just some new characters and gameplay modes, I think. But, man, that's a lot of hoopla for, like, I don't know, some new characters in a Battle Royale-ish type game. So, again, that just kind of makes you realize how much they're juicing in this thing. Yeah, well, I think... I think they're kind of trying to do Battle Royale meets League of Legends where you have like a bunch of characters with a backstory with all unique um, gameplay styles or whatnot and upgrades or whatever. So I guess, I don't know, I have never played League of Legends. Is the backstory that big? I know there's like tons and tons of people, legends. I'm, or I'm guessing it's them, there if you seek it out, but like, I would yeah. think of it primarily as a competitive game. Yeah, it did seem weird. Obviously, Apex Legends is huge. So, um, what they say, like 100 million people play or have played or have accounts or something? Like some insane number? So, uh, people must come for this sort of stuff, these new character reveals or seasons or however they do it. And I don't I don't know if there's yeah, I I mean I don't know anything about Apex Legends. I guess that's what it boils down to. And this didn't really tell me anything about Apex Legends. Yeah, but did I am I the only one who looks cool. when they saw the like animated trailer and stuff like that was thinking this was a, a full game? Like taking that property and turning it and with Respawn, who is known for first person shooter campaigns, I know they came up with Apex Legends. I was just like uh, maybe I'm just not in the loop on how things are named now. It seemed like they were alluding to something bigger than it was with the trailer. I, I mean, I don't know. It seemed like they were just talking about the new character the whole time. Like, that's kind of what I had in my head. Well, there's to three me, new characters, like another, right? Well, there was. I thought there was one in particular they were showing off. I don't know if there's... I think there was three. They showed the guy three. with the glowing eyes. Yeah, and the, yeah that's he, the like, feature character for sure, yeah. yeah. But I thought they talked about two different gameplay or two characters at least one that showed footprints and then another one that had a sound mechanic or something like that. Maybe I I thought that was all the same character. Like they were talking about how that character can change the whole game because of how other people have to react to it and stuff. Design wise. I thought that sounded cool. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, to me it's like the equivalent of a smash bros character trailer or whatever. Like, Okay, and those it, are already too long with Nintendo, and they're shorter than this sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> whether they go through every move depending on how much they're juicy. <laughs> um, uh, I know when I was watching this, the thing that popped up to my head when they're like doing that interview style with the guy on uh, on stage is that I just realized that all those other indie trailers where they're doing voiceover on top of the gameplay just works so much better than this, like, let's watch the guy talk about it without actually seeing the footage of him being on stage. Like, I just appreciate that newer style of trailer so much more than this, I'll say, antiquated style of promotion. It just doesn't seem to work at all anymore. At least for me, it doesn't work at all. Yeah, and no gameplay. Like I said, barely any gameplay for this entire 40 minutes. And that's why it feels to me like they're appealing to people who might not even know the difference, so... 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just getting excited for stuff. Well, you mentioned the host. We were talking before, and I agree because there was no good announcements, and the host uh, is a wrestler, Xavier Woods, and I don't know much about wrestling. All my friends' kids are super into wrestling right now, so I was asking them today, like, oh, do you know this wrestler? And uh, like, he was one of the best hosts out of all the stuff from E3. Like mm-hmm. he, I felt bad for him because he was faking excitement for garbage, but he's good yeah, at that. That was the only downside was like, yeah, I wish he was it, genuinely excited about this I stuff. Mean, yeah, I got the impression he did play some of these games, but then there were some where, yeah. yeah he but as a host, he was such a step up from some of the other stuff we've seen lately. Like it was almost yeah. some of the acting stuff we've talked about on film junk lately. Like it felt like a different level than what we're used to, especially compared to the other people that were with him on stage. Like, definitely brought something i mean that's the thing right like you either get somebody who's good at performing and and good at speaking and all that kind of stuff but maybe they don't know a lot about games or you go for somebody who's in the industry but they're not great at the performance part and he seemed like he was into games enough that he Mm -hmm. could kind of keep up the conversation so uh, but yeah i got i got the idea that he was definitely faking excitement but he actually did know something about games or at least you know had tried them at least because he was saying was it after was it after apex he like said he's in a guild or something where like they could you could come challenge his guild or something and he gave out his guild name or whatever it was so he obviously oh really has has at least played apex legends i miss that if not still does so i mean that's it kind of came through that he did seem genuinely excited for some of these things. It was hard to say, but definitely I agree. Like, I think he was the best part of the show. (laughs) Well, and And, you know, it's a bad show when we're like, our favorite thing is the host. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah, the host was great. (laughs) This letter grade is not going to be good. (laughs) (laughs) Xavier Woods, a plus. (laughs) Yay. uh... (laughs) Next, like this is all they had really, including in the pre-show, was lost in random, and uh, yeah. And I, I was intrigued by this game, and I, uh, at the time, I'm getting less interested every time I see it. Like the the way things kind of freeze, and I'm questioning how these dice rolls are integrated into the game. Uh, I'll yeah. still check it out for sure, but it, I, I'm not seeing. Other than the idea of randomness, I'm not seeing that much cohesion in gameplay. I'm not sure how this stuff... Maybe they've got a cool idea on how it all works together, the cards and the combat and all that stuff, but I'm getting concerns lately. And even and even with the like art style changes, like so sometimes they're showing like 2D cartoony art, then other times they're showing the 3D Tim Burton art. And it's really confusing to tell what the game is and then they go into like the third person action shooter which makes me think it's going to be frank's next game of the year (laughs) and then and then you got like this card thing they're throwing in now like what do cards have to do with like randomness unless you're like randomly picking from a deck i don't understand exactly like you were saying frank how is this how are all these things fitting together i don't really know how to play this game yet um, yes, it looks like she has some sort of bow and arrow thing, but other than that, they seem to be highlighting these cards a lot, which is not really explained. Even when the guy came on and was trying to explain the cards, I was like looking at the pictures on the cards and what he said they were didn't like the image didn't seem to portray that to me at all. 
So I was very... I'm on the same wavelength. I, I think the only thing new here is that they announced the uh, release date of September 10th, which I found weird how he said it. I don't know if any of you guys noticed. He said PC, consoles, and Nintendo Switch. Hmm. As if Nintendo Switch is not a console anymore. It's just like this other thing. Didn't Anyways, notice I that. found that. Well, I agree. <laughs> when he, he was talking about the the one of his favorite cards, he was he said explosive. It was explosive dice, and I thought he was going to say explosive diarrhea. <laughs> That's all I was thinking about <laughs> when, I was, when I was watching this press conference. But uh, I still, if I will buy this game, probably based on what I've seen, unless it like the reviews are horrible. But uh, Definitely am less interested today than I was last time I saw it. I mean, I, I didn't have... I My interest didn't take a hit from this. Like, I mean, to me, it kind of looks like a double fine game or something where it's like the personality and the kind of the, the look of it and the concept sounds cool. Whether the gameplay is as solid as, you know, to kind of keep up with that stuff, I don't know. But, like, I, I'm still pretty interested. Gotta say... So what's Double Fine done in the last 10 years? Well, I think it's all hands on deck for Psychonauts right now, but like, I, they, they've, I know they've, they're like this company that's synonymous with amazing games and I'm looking at the track record lately and I'm not seeing too much unless I'm well, forgetting they, something. They, they've gotten into publishing, so they've had their name on some things that maybe they didn't. Um, yeah, I'm know, curious the stuff think, they made. I don't know. I'll have to look it up, Frank. I don't remember. Well, the anything. fact that you can't name any off the top of your head is kind of I think what I'm talking rad, about. That Rad game was the last one, but they may have just published Head, that. The Head Headlander. One, Headlander. Headlander. They yeah. did the Adventure Game, whatever you call it. Whatever you call two. it. Exactly. Point yeah. proven. Thank you. <laughs> the uh, Cave, I think. I don't think they, they did, the, did cave. the Cave. No? Was, it, was that them? Yeah, I, I guess it was. I thought it was. But they, they brought on... Who was the other, the other guy? Not Gilbert Schaefer. Ron Gilbert. But he doesn't work at Double Fine permanently, does he? Didn't they just bring him? No, he's got his own studio yeah. now. He did that Thimbleweed Park. That sort of like X Files. Right. So uh, was it a joint? Was that wasn't that game a joint kind of development thing? Or uh, he might have been the working cave? for them at that time. Okay. Yeah, I think the cave was like his baby, and but they worked with him on it. But yeah, the last few years, Rad looks like they they did that Psychonauts VR game, which was not that great. And Headlander, which I kind of liked, um, and then some remasters of you know Day of the Tentacle, Full Throttle stuff. Right. Like that. I'm just saying. I think that Double Fine is a name. When you say it, it has this prestige associated with it. I think anyway, based on older games and I Tim Schafer. Already and, said that you know you think it's one of the overrated acquisitions that yeah. <laughs> Microsoft has done. And so would I, Kojima I mean, have been if they went after him too? I don't totally disagree. Like, I think a lot of their games are cool concepts, but they, it feels like they don't have, because they've been a smaller kind of indie studio, it feels like they've been held back by budget and stuff like that, which is why I was excited that Microsoft acquired them. So really we'll see with Psychonauts, I think, you know, held back by budget. There's indie games with tiny budgets that are amazing. Like that can't be an excuse for a company like that. That, I mean, that's just what it, the the feel of their games. They feel kind of uh, like they they had a cool idea. They just couldn't fully execute on it. So in the video game landscape, for indie companies, it's tough to necessarily make saying you're limited by budget. I think like there's great or lots of great low budget games or that work within a budget. Yeah, I mean, maybe and I'm the budget guy. the right ideas. I'm the one always talking about budget in movies. So. <laughs> 
That is true. All right, moving on. Speaking of budget, uh, big budget, Battlefield 2042. Oh, you missed you missed uh, oh. Knockout City. Oh, I did. Okay, sorry. That wasn't a joke. I thought we were talking about <laughs> <laughs> Battlefield. Um, just really some new maps. Maybe that's why I didn't even yeah, it wasn't write much. it down. But I seems like this game's movies. doing pretty well. The movie-themed thing, right? Yeah. That's what they called it? Apparently. Apparently. I, I didn't really see didn't too look, much out of didn't it. Didn't look but. like the movies to me, but... Yeah, I was not really focusing on this too much. Yeah, we can skip over it. There wasn't much. And then, still want to try game, DLC. But. Yeah, so they do call I. It I think se- it looks good. And they call it Season 2? I mean, are seasons no longer like a year? No. Hasn't yeah, this I game mean, only been pretty, out for like three pretty months? Pretty quick for a second season, I agree. Yeah, the seasons go quick. Real quick. Um, well, in real life, there's, you know, four seasons a year. Just depends on seasons, <laughs> which seasons you're talking about. Um, Battlefield 2042. Not a lot of gameplay shown here either. The biggest thing they were pushing was this idea of the portal, where you can configure gameplay modes, even do some... Like looks like a version of visual scripting to control your game modes and customize things, which I guess that's what the Forge was in Halo. Is that right? Something similar, maybe not to this degree or with the same amount of options, but it's their uh, one-upping of the Forge, let's say. Yeah, I don't recall what the Forge was. I don't know. But if it, all, it I, also I'm pulling that like... name out of my ass. I don't know if anything about what <laughs> it, I said is correct there. It does sort of remind me of like Unreal Tournament mods, like yeah. going way back, where you could write your own kind of like game rules and then add your own weapon mods and stuff like that. Although this, you can only you could choose from existing Battlefield mm. properties and kind of mix and match. Yeah, and that, I think that's kind of a cool idea. I do like too. Giving you the assets from you know previous games across different eras and stuff and being able to combine them like that could be i think it's a really cool thing and like just when uh the host was saying like can i do this can i do that like it seemed like you know sean your kids or at least kieran anyway really likes mario maker and stuff like that and like being able to make their own stuff and minecraft's as big as ever so like I i think it's kind of a great strategy for tr- maybe trying to get a younger generation into a into a shooter that some that might be graduating away from Fortnite or something like that too yeah i mean like it's cl- clearly geared towards community and user generated stuff and uh, that's the kind of stuff that gives games like a huge shelf life and keeps people coming back so uh, yeah it makes a lot of sense kind of surprising they haven't done something like this up till now yeah. Anything else with the game in general? Is there even a release date yet? Is it? I don't know if there is. October twenty second. Okay, so they're trying to. They be said there's Call of Duty. They said there. They said there's one other game mode that still has yet to be revealed. Like they think that they said the name of it. I forget what it was, but they said they're going to show something later. So. All right. It looks pretty good. I have to say. Not that yeah. I. There wasn't much gameplay, though. Not a lot to tell. But I agree that design idea is very cool. So finally, and I had this, I don't know, spoiled is the right word, but I saw the news before I watched the press conference of Dead Space Remake 
looks like specifically for next gen consoles like PS5 and Series X and PC. Mm-hmm. I was shocked by how little there was. It's yeah, kind of yeah. a Metroid Prime 4, although <laughs> 10 times the budget of that type of announcement. And I obviously would love to play a Dead Space remake. I'm in. Based on what I saw there today, it was kind of a... Okay. I I, I thought there was a lot of rumors about a Dead Space remake, so I guess it's official, but not much else. Yeah, in this trailer, there's so little in it that i couldn't from the from the teaser alone i couldn't tell if it was a remake a remaster or a brand new dead space game that's a good point like (laughs) they literally put no information in here other than that okay you see isaac's back thing which is like his you know iconic suit and then you see the uh monster pop up right in the elevator or whatever so obviously it's dead space but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a dead space remake because those those things are in all three games uh you don't know is this like a remaster package and i had to go search it out after to find out that it is a remake so it was just horrible i mean horrible branding and like yeah i kind of agree like i mean if i hadn't the the rumors that were out beforehand were that it was going to be a remake of the first one and just based on the title alone that kind of seemed to be implied, but I was wondering about it. Like they do pull out and I think they show like the ship. And I, I mean, I don't know enough about dead space. Like, I, I don't know if that was supposed to be like something that all fans would get that that's the same ship from the first game or something like that. But mm. that was the only thing I thought that maybe there was a very clear indication there. But yeah, for me personally, I agree. I was still a little bit like, okay, is that a remake of the first game? And it seems like it is. Yeah, I didn't. I couldn't. I don't know the pullout section you're talking about, but um, I'm rewatching it now to see if I can see it. But I don't see anything like that. I mean, other than your maybe when he's standing at that desk, maybe the like workbench is. Well, I thought like at the end when the the logo comes up, you could see like the ship in the background or something. Maybe I'm completely off hmm. base on this, but I don't see it. I guess it's worth uh, but, mentioning too that it's it's not visceral doing it because that studio got shut down, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I think EA Motive. Yeah, which, they did. They did. Uh, I think Battlefield Two and Squadrons. Squadrons, yeah. So I mean, I, I don't know if that's good or bad. That you know could could be bring a new perspective, but I assume that hardcore fans might be a little concerned there. What a kick in the pa- what a kick in the pants though! Like visceral gets booted, so they go out get funding, basically make Dead Space, and then EA's like, you know what? No, fuck you. We're gonna make Dead Space again. Like, <laughs> yeah, what <exactly>. assholes? <laughs> no, I think some of the people from Visceral did form a new studio that I, I think they're doing like an, uh, a, a sci-fi horror game. Well, I think that's what I mean. Like, they're doing that Callisto project. project oh, yeah, that's what it's called. It is, yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Those people went off and were like, we're going to make Dead Space again because <laughs> right, EA yeah. doesn't want to. And then EA is like, you know what? That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I guess it is a weird choice. Just like, it's, I guess Dead Space 3 wasn't that well received, right? So it seems like they're just like, well, we want to bring this franchise back. Let's just play it safe and just 
remake the first one. I'm I, all I don't for under- this. <laughs> You're all for I don't understand why they didn't do, like, a, I mean, obviously they're going to milk it now and do all three, yeah. but why didn't they do, like, a remaster trilogy? Like everyone else does. Because it's no, a remake. Go. It's like they're going to make it amazing. It's I prefer remakes. Like I think of Shadow of the Colossus, like make all new models, keep the design, the thing we like the same, and let's give it a current gen upgrade. I love remakes. They're, well, the the atmosphere in that ship will be insane. I know. It's like, going to be the next best. Next gen ray traced. It's going to be crazy. I can't wait. More of these. More of these. Give me games that aren't broken to play again, that don't suck because you can't come up with good new ideas. <laughs> yeah. It's the one industry where the remake is good. It's <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's true. That is definitely true. All right. So that's it. Pretty yep, much. That's, uh, it. that's it. Uh, well, I'll it's give my letter grade. I will give it an E minus. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> I thought you were going to go full F. I mean, it's like a D for me. You gave the other ones a C minus. I like Lost and Random, so I, it's like one of those things where it's like, I mean, their games just aren't for me. But if you're into some hey, of these games, it would be exciting. when you're grading. It's objective. You're just following the rules. It's it's nothing personal. It's just, I'm sorry, your press conference was an E minus. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a D minus only because of that Dead Space trailer and the potential that it holds and Xavier Woods. That's it. This would be an F. Oh, I yeah. Two things. I, this isn't uh, a presentation quality. I thought, like in terms of the videos and hosting, it was really good. I'm only evaluating value of announcements and content within oh well come on man like that's that's uh, you got your own rules then oh okay yeah i do then (laughs) (laughs) sure (laughs) um okay let's get into what we played i got a lot so maybe i'll start sean you've played this as well i think i don't think huck has the skyward sword remake hd definitely not Yep. And I was in the mood for a classic Zelda. I I was actually excited for this. And the first two days I put in probably 10 hours. Since then I've put in four-ish. And it's... I love the look of it. I've all... Even though it's like dated textures and stuff like that, I still think Nintendo's art style shines. It looks amazing. I was telling Sean in another conversation... Nintendo does not get enough credit for their camera framing and cinematography for like really simple cutscenes. They're always interesting. Um, they change camera distance, angle, uh, interesting posing. And the fact that they have so little animation, when they do animate something in a cinematic, it's very impactful. So they have gotten the absolute most out of like a low budget cinematic. Like, it's amazing compared to how much money I see other companies put into cinematics that you forget after two seconds, Nintendo just crushes camera placement. Um, yeah. Those are the Kings of like the camera zoom in to really like yeah. make you impact on that, like uh, exponential point. They've got a very specific 
like different cinematic language for video games. And I don't know why more people haven't copied them to be perfectly honest. Uh, so I've played it mostly with the pro controller. And then there was some challenges where you needed motion controls and I still never got my old ones fixed. So I ordered the skyward sword exclusive or limited edition joy cons and the amiibo, which I haven't received yet. Went a little crazy with Skyward Sword, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, I'm liking it. I still find it super frustrating at times. Like, And you can't win. Oh, yeah. If you play with a pro controller, you have to hold L to say you're using the right stick for camera. And then if you use motion controls, you have to use motion controls. So, And they are not good. Like Even when I'm swinging a sword, I still think the combat with enemies does not make sense. Like they are not, they're anticipating attacks. Like you couldn't, by the time you move your hand to prep the attack, they're already defending it. Like it's, it's just too hard. Like in terms of its, um, leniency, I guess with the motion controls that it's just not good design for Nintendo. It's very bad design. And sometimes with the, the tells of the enemies, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. There's the one boss that's very unclear um, where it's kind of following your hand and you can't and like tell or uh, give away your attacks, but it's really arbitrary. Like it's, it's, it's poorly designed in terms of motion combat, but I'm still scratching that classic Zelda itch. Sean. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I played like maybe eight hours or something. I got past the first um, dungeon kind of close to starting the second one. I'm enjoying it, but uh, I do feel like I've been fighting through it a bit. Um, you know, that the first couple hours are still pretty slow. Um, I think so. I think one of the things they did change is I think you can like skip through the text quicker. Okay. I, like, I, I think you couldn't just do like a full page of text with a button press in the original. So that is nice. Um, but yeah, the controls, I just like, I, I also started with the pro controller. And I was kind of getting into it. It's a, it is a little weird that if you want to have camera control, you have to hold down the the L button. But I kind of was getting used to it. But then I got to certain things, and I, like I gotta say, the I think the boss in the first dungeon, I was like, it took me forever to beat that guy, and it was just so frustrating. Like I switched is that to the motion hand controls. one I was talking about. Uh, I don't. Yeah. What's the what's the hand one? Like the hair over his face? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Where he like, yeah. yeah. He holds his hand out and grabs your. That sword. boss yeah. is terrible. The, and there's three it, versions of that boss in the game. Oh my god! <laughs> Seriously, like it. I switched the motion controls, think. thinking this is going to be a, super easy, and, and it was harder. I actually yeah. ended up having to. I actually beat him with the pro controller, and it was only just like. Random, random yeah it was just random basically like the first phase of that boss fight like i could keep going to like not get hit by him or anything like that but i just couldn't hit him so it just took forever and uh, it is weird when you use the analog sticks like sometimes it works well like things like holding your sword up are actually easier yeah but the um, left right left and up down up is brutal yeah, because there's like if you flick quickly in one direction, it'll usually do like a quick slash in that direction. But to kind of do proper hits, you gotta go right then left, and like it just feels like you're a little bit behind, especially when enemies are adapting and blocking. Well, and what I was saying, right, like to 
to do the spin attack and the finisher attack, you have to do three motions in a row, which is a lot of uh, pushing to get one move to happen. Like, yeah, both versions are not great motion or non-motion, but I guess I prefer playing in non-motion specifically for flying. I hate having to move the controller to fly. It's brutal. Yeah. There were a couple other things with motion that were kind of annoying. I can't remember what they were now, but like, I, I do like some, I think the the skyward uh, sword mechanic is the worst holding it up for like five seconds to swipe down. Give me a break. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. But I mean, it's the title of the game, so you got to have that everywhere. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, some of the um, gadgets that you get, I guess, are kind of unique, and I don't think I've seen them in any other Zelda games. I even remember at the time loving the idea of throwing bombs versus rolling them. I thought that was really cool, but it is yeah. frustrating with the controller. Like, Yep. <laughs> Definitely. And it it is, we were talking before, like it is interesting. Some of the breath of the wild precursor stuff that's in there. Mm -hmm. Um, things like, you know, items that can break the stamina meter, um, the dousing thing to like be able to set something that you're searching for and, and find it. There are a few other things that I, I guess I just I totally forgot that this was the one that came before Breath of the Wild. So there are some pieces that are in there, but it's definitely like a super linear game. Um, Which is exactly what I want. <laughs> and I love yeah. like Nintendo's creature design or character design. The Loftwing, the bird, is the coolest bird ever. I love that thing. That's why I bought the Amiibo. It's amazing. <laughs> And uh, even each area, I'm in the third area, major area, and there's always a creature that's associated with the area you're in, and they're amazing. They're so cool. Like, God, I hate when Nintendo is amazing at things. Like, yeah, that's why they can do whatever they want, because they come up with stuff like this, and it's so much better than what everyone else does. But it's funny, like, you know, like I was saying, like the first couple hours are still pretty rough to get through. And I feel like only because it's Nintendo, people push through, people give it a chance, something like this. They re-release a game that a lot of people didn't like and people give it another chance because it's Nintendo and Mm -hmm. we'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Whereas any other like unknown developer puts out something like this and people will just be, nope, I'm out. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I like I like the first few hours. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, I I did not. Mm. So apparently with that text skipping thing, they cut off 10 hours of the game. Really? How long it be. Really? Yeah. So the Wii version of this main story, 38 and a half hours. The HD, 28 and a half hours. Nice. So you saved that's, 10 hours. That's definitely a plus. <laughs> I still yeah. feel like it's going to take me 38 hours to beat this thing. Like it just has the feel of like it's a slow... Oh, pace overall. I was very aware of the pace, and what Huck just mentioned does not surprise me at all. And these are all points being added uh, as to my thesis, which I will. I do want to make a video at some point in my life. Why Zelda is the most overrated franchise <laughs> of all time. Oh, now we're. <laughs> So now it's not Breath of the Wild's most overrated game. It's Zelda's most overrated franchise. Correct. 3D gotcha. Zelda. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny, I'm, though. But like, I'm still I, looking for reasons to expand it. 
I, I actually don't disagree with you on the 3D Zelda thing because I was thinking about it and like, you know, Skyward Sword, Twilight Princess, even Wind Waker, like I've been trying to go through it on the Wii U and I still haven't beat that one. But all those games I just bounced off of for whatever reason. And uh, going back now, it's like controls are just clunky. Like they didn't quite get it until Breath of the Wild. That's the first yeah. one that really worked for me. Disagree, but they are very clunky, annoying games to play. But they're also really well designed. Like I marvel at the puzzle design sometimes and the world I love, the aesthetic I love. It's just they could use, they should just steal Horizon's controls and put them in Zelda. You're done. You have an amazing game. I don't understand how that hasn't happened. It's like they're so insistent on their control methods. It's kind of crazy. But I did play Horizon. So Sean had bought a new video card and I borrowed his old one for now to see if it would work with my computer. And you know, I actually did some troubleshooting. I figured it out. I got it installed. It was pretty rewarding. And uh, I bought like 10 games that I probably will never play <laughs> on PC. <laughs> and one of them was Horizon, which I, I started again on PC and it looks amazing, and I was loving it. When I started New Game Plus a few weeks ago, you don't do the intro story again. It like skips you five hours into the game, or two or three hours. And this was like, I got to do the opening sequence again, and it is fantastic. It, I'm loving this game again. Except I forgot, I'm sure I said this at the time, uh, young Aloy, kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I love Aloy, but I forgot about that intro. The young one is just a little off-putting. But uh, yeah, I'm loving that game. Sorry, Hawk, you're up. I have nothing, so keep going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sean, something else we both played? Sure. Death's Door. I'm playing on Series X. The game is getting very good reviews. It's kind of a Zelda-ish meets Souls isometric indie game with uh, combat and puzzle solving. I would say, does that sound about right? Am I missing an influence here, Sean? Yeah, no, there was one other game it reminded me of, and now it's totally slipping my mind. But I mean, yeah, Zelda-esque, I would say, maybe a little more dark and difficult at times, I suppose. But Well, I'm not going to say it's get my new game of the year, because it's not, but it, it's pretty close. I don't think it's better than Ratchet and Clank, but I'm loving it. I love the aesthetic, similar to Zelda. Like, I love all the art, the world, the main player. Um, the combat is not trying to do too much. I think they, it's fun. And every time I die in this game, I feel like it's my fault. A lot of indie games, I feel like the design is just overwhelming and difficult for the sake of being difficult. They have a perfect level of difficulty, as far as I'm concerned, where I typically blame myself for everything that happened. I'm like, I should have. That was stupid. Why did I do that? Yeah, the only thing I, I that kind of bugged me was the attacks. You kind of move forward a bit with the attacks. And I found that it, like I was getting hit a bunch of times. But I think I just... It's, it's a game where it is a little bit more like you run in, get one or two hits instead of just slashing away forever. So you kind of just got to be more patient. And once I realized that, it wasn't too bad. But yeah, I, I like it as well. I don't think I've played as much as you. 
Um, I'm almost but, done, I think. I've played like oh, yeah? almost nonstop since it came out. Like anytime I had free time. Oh, okay. Is it, is it a roguelike? No. No, I guess not, right? Yeah. Hmm. No procedural elements at all. Um, there's oh, a I souls just, mechanic, I, but you don't lose anything when you die, which is kind of fun. I'm appreciating that. The other game it was kind of reminding me a little bit of is Hyperlight Drifter. Yeah, for sure. Which I guess is Zelda-esque as yep. well. But um, but yeah, I really like the art style and just the the atmosphere of it. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of, I'm like, I'm trying to kind of focus more on Zelda while I'm still into that, but I, did, I have been enjoying that. I'm exactly the same as you, Sean. I'm like, I kind of want to go back to Zelda, but I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to keep playing Death Door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's once you're, playing it it is very addictive so. my two criticisms would be uh one i feel like at the beginning of the game i'm assuming you made it to this part did the game not put out this idea that every time you die you age and like is that one the old uh crow or raven that you meet says oh they, i thought they introduced the mechanic where every time you die it's like you're stuck here aging within this realm and I thought that was going to be part of like your character. Like every time you you died, the character would change a bit and like scale up or grow. Uh, maybe I just misread some line of dialogue or had a design idea instead of just taking something as a a line in the game. But I, I thought that was part of it, and maybe I just had old on the brain. I don't know. <laughs> but my <laughs> other criticism, yeah. uh, my other criticism would be. Areas can be a little like tough to remember and navigate. Could definitely use a map. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because I, I mean, I don't know how long I've played. Like, I basically you get I played a little bit past the part where you get the title screen, essentially. So, like maybe an hour or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I, I when I started, I got the impression that you would kind of go into a world kill whoever you're supposed to kill or whatever and, and pop back out to the hub world but it seemed like it just kept going and going and it was just like i was like i'm starting to lose track of where i am here so yeah i mean bridge r2 i think you led me to what was a more succinct version of my criticism which is after you're done the first giant soul or whatever it's called it really doesn't tell you where you should go next like at, at some point in the game it says go north go east go west and I guess it wasn't clear to me where northeast and west were based on the hub and stuff like that. And yeah. I finally figured out how it works after lots of running around and trying to figure it out after about seven hours into the game. I get what the intent was, but you know, a map would have just helped that out. Like I would even settle for a shitty God of War style map where it's like your general area and um, like go in this direction or you're missing things over here rather than having to explore the own map, the, the whole map on my own. Right. Yeah. But I'm loving it. I love the music. I, small things, new ideas to me to some degree. I love the death screen. Oh yeah. It's incredible. Just look it up. <laughs> it's just the word death, but like negative space with the camera absolutely amazing never get sick of it and the damage indicator on enemies the cracking system every as you hit them they start to like form cracks that expose like a color of light 
incredible. One of the best polish features I've ever seen in a game. And it works so well with, you know, there's mild RPG elements of weapons having different speeds and damage values. Like it kind of lets you, and magic powers uh, have different damage levels as well and power-ups to them. It lets you see that in real time, like how, and like learn how to use them or the advantages of the weapons and experimenting because you see the damage kind of forming in a very uh, visceral feedback intensive way. And I love it. And it's not a meter. It just adds to the polish level of the game to an amazing degree. You know, it's funny you mentioned the uh, the death screen because I was playing Zelda today and the death screen is just like game over in the most terrible font. And Kieran was watching me play and he actually commented on it. He's like, oh, wow, that's like a really great end of screen or something like that. I was like, yeah, you're right. It's pretty bad. So, uh, yeah, come on, Nintendo, step it up. Well, to uh, be fair, that game's 10 years old, but <laughs> yeah, I know. Death Store. Finally, a game that has commanded my interest, which hasn't happened for a few weeks. One other thing we got to mention about Death's Door, the confusion over whether it was on Game Pass or not. Because I thought it was, saw a lot of people on social media and stuff with the same questions. It was featured pretty heavily in a lot of the Xbox marketing stuff, and it is not on Game Pass. So it's just one of those ones where it's exclusive to Xbox, I think, or like currently, uh, at, least, at least it's on PC, I think, too, right? But yep. just Xbox for console. Um, so they must have, because of that, it, it's kind of getting grouped in with all their first party stuff or like Game Pass stuff. But yeah, it's, it's weird. I, I'm wondering how many other games have been promoted in their stuff that's kind of uh, misleading in that way. But it's worth buying, so pick it up. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Um, I don't know if I've... Yeah, because I talked even about Horizon, but I did finally get my Oculus ripoff cable today from Amazon, so it works. I did a test before we recorded tonight, just before Half-Life Alex is up and running. I think I will be beautiful jumping into that tomorrow and I cannot wait. I am pumped to finally play this game. Oh yeah. It's, it's really good. Uh, my GTX 1660 super is working out great. I mean, everybody said I was an idiot for buying it. Maybe I, <laughs> I'm sure I did overpay in this climate, like, you know, but whatever it's, it, it was a big jump in my opinion. I, I noticed it right away with all the games that I've been playing. And I'm surprised how good my games look with your sh- like older card. And it's like, it's a double win, bud. Way to go. You did it. Yeah. yeah. So now I have the excuse that I was doing Frank a favor. So, yeah. so we can know. talk compensation at a future date, but uh, <laughs> no, no compensation. Oh, no. We'll figure something out. But the, um, <laughs> I'm playing horizon. So this is an old video card and I'm playing horizon on, although it does have eight gigs of RAM, like it's decent on the ultra settings and it runs fine. Hmm. That's cool. So I know yeah. like it's a PS4 game. I'm not super surprised, but, and I don't know how much work they put into this one, but it, it looks really good. Yeah. I have a 1080 TI, which is 
pretty equivalent to the new one Dwyer bought. And it's amazing how many games you can run at really high quality. Yeah. With even that. And obviously you can't do any of the ray tracing stuff, but still the amount of games you can get looking really good is is quite a high number. So I was joking before the show looking up the cost of thirty nineties, even though I am considering it. But I have to say the troubleshooting experience where I used to hate it and loathe it, it was rewarding installing this video card in it. Has me wanting to build. To finally Gotta build. build. Gotta do it. <laughs> uh, I just need a I project. Have, I have one other game that I played that I can talk about, which is uh, The Pedestrian, which I had talked about like way back, I think beginning of this year, it came out on PS4 and PS5. And um, so I, I finished it. It's like a fairly short game. Uh, it's a puzzle game. It's, you know, the the concept is, you know, like a, the stick men you see on like traffic signs and stuff. Basically, you're controlling a stick man and you're traveling from sign to sign, solving puzzles as you go. And so the sort of the background is shifting as you're moving to these different signs and things. But you're always on a 2D plane, but you're kind of in the real world. And it's kind of cool how they play with that. And like, you know, at certain points, there's like. A section where you kind of go on like a, a subway car or a train and you like change some of the circuits and then you like get off the train and now you're in like a different totally different location um the, i mean the overall context of it doesn't make a lot of sense to me because you're like pushing boxes and you like have to charge batteries and run power from certain sections to other sections it doesn't really make sense as far as like a stick man on a traffic sign <laughs> But um, there is a pretty cool, like, towards the end, there's, like, a shift that happens that I thought was pretty neat. Um, but, I mean, overall, just the puzzles, like, are very uh, absorbing but pretty difficult, I think. Like, because you're managing a lot of different levels of things because you get to a lot of the puzzles are there's signs, but you have to draw lines to connect doors from one sign to the other. And then, like, there's just... It's hard to describe, but there's like three or four different layers of things you're trying to manage in your head. And it's kind of like one of those games where you really just sit there for 15 minutes staring at the screen, planning out what you're going to do, and then just do it and and solve the puzzle, which maybe is not that interesting for a lot of people, but I'm into that kind of stuff, so I really dug it. Nice. It definitely looks cool. I have not played it. Might. Is it like free or anything? Not currently, but okay. might, I, there's a PSN sale right now. It might be on sale. Totally. I haven't checked. But yeah, it's worth checking out for sure. All right. I think that's everything. Anyone else have anything they need to mention? Nope. All right. Well, thanks for listening or watching on youtube.com forward slash game junk. Um, next week, who knows what will happen? I think there's an Annapurna press event. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Could be interesting. Yeah, it definitely could be. I'm interested. Uh, we will uh, maybe have some other stuff to talk about. Uh, maybe Half-Life Alex. Who knows? I anticipate being done that game by Sunday night. So we shall see if I'm full of shit or not. And uh, check out Huck on Twitter, MindGreek Commute, or Equilibrium Sis, and Sean at Film Junk. And until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>